Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Hey everybody, I am here with the one and only Maria Evans. She is a coach and mentor for teens and she helps them build a really positive mindset to become happy, successful adults, help them to own their future, ready to take on challenges they'll face in the times ahead as well as making sense of the ones that they're dealing with now. I am so excited to talk to Maria because if there's one thing I get questions about, it's how do we instill self-belief in our kids? And I'm not a parent and I don't really work with teens, but I know Maria's experience as a teacher, her training as a self-belief coach, and her wealth of experience as a parent is going to be so helpful to everybody listening. I adore this woman. We've spent six months together just playing in the Self-Belief Coaching Academy I just love her work and how she translates all of this learning so that it's really relevant for our teenage kids. So the future's in good hands with Maria on uh, on board. So good to see you and to welcome you here, Maria. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. So I wouldn't want to be a teenager now for all the tea in China. (laughs) No. Like I, I was bullied as a teenager and that's like my abiding memory of my teen years, that and Kurt Cobain dying. And I think now there are so many different pressures and expectations on kids. And I wonder if that's what comes up for you in your, in your work. Because I think as adults, we kind of see the world of social media, which we find hard enough to navigate. And then we think about our kids facing all of that. And I think we interpret that as just being so tricky. Is that true? Is that what you see in your practice? It's a really interesting one because just while you were asking me that question, I was thinking it's just, it's so much more complicated than that. It's not quite as simple as that. And I think quite often we we like to just blame it all on social media. Like social media is the thing that's ruining them. Social media is the thing that's putting on the pressure and destroying their childhood and, you know, making them grow up too fast and giving them too much other stuff to navigate. And there is a lot of sense in that. There is a lot of truth in that rather in that, you know, for example, your experience of being bullied when you were a teenager, you, you know, if that was happening at school, you'd be able to come home and shut the door on it. As awful as it was at school, you had that time away from it every day to just breathe and know that you were safe. And obviously social media connects us and can connect us with bullies and they can follow you a lot more. I think follow young people a lot more. So it is difficult, but I also think that we need to remember that we remember a time without social media. They don't. They don't remember a time without the internet. They're actually a lot better in some ways at navigating this stuff than we are, because it's as normal to them as having a cup of tea is normal to us. You know, right. they don't say to us, why are you having a cup of tea at eight o'clock at night? That's so weird. You know, we'd be like, well, you know, I fancy a cup of tea. Like, We don't question 
what is so normal to us and social media is so normal to them. So I think it's very, very tricky. And I think it's very easy for us to blame it. And there's absolutely a lot of blame to be put on social media. But when we kind of get beneath what's going on, the same problems we were having when we were 15, 14, 16, or whatever. So yeah, it's a tricky one though. (laughs) The kids now are called digital natives, right? Yeah. Because they've always had the internet. It's a utility to them, right? It's it's like electricity. So I do totally kind of get that. So I'm wondering, like, what are the kind of themes of challenges that your teenage clients bring to coaching what is it that our kids are dealing with right now friendship issues that and relationships always seem to come up even if I'm coaching a teenager because of exam pressure for example that will often just come up you know I meet them every week in one week they'll say actually can we talk about this that's happened with my friend you know so then relationships and navigating trying to kind of find their place within their groups that they hang out with their role within the groups they hang out with and what I really loved about the course your course was the developmental psychology is it so, you know, that teenagers are at that forming stage of where am I? I completely define myself by my relationships and where I fit in and who, you know, who I hang around with. And I think that's a really still, again, that won't have changed since we were teenagers. And that's something that, cut, that, that young people come to me often. The other thing is exam pressures. So the kind of just trying to cope with the... Um, that sense of overwhelm of the pressure of to do well that they kind of receive from you know they receive those messages from all sorts of different places um, and also just that when they're in that place of overwhelm then the self-doubt showing up and that is a real barrier to get them to actually do any revision as well so they get really stuck I really love working with, with young people who are stuck in that place because it brings together the coaching skills that I have as well as all the teaching experience that I have too so I can bring both to the to the party with that one and then of course just same old like self-esteem just feeling really and really kind of um low self-worth really struggling to accept themselves so I do a lot of work with young people about that and you can see with all those things that you know the self-belief is at the root of so much of that it's so many of the common issues that keep cropping up and, and that was one of the re- well so the main reason why I did this course was because I was looking for a coaching course qualification for a long time and nothing ever really seemed to work with young people it all felt, felt quite corporate or all felt a bit too wooey <laughs> as well yeah. and young people yeah. you need to be really careful with that because yeah not all of them are going to be on board of that. You'll get an eye roll for sure. Although eye rolls are, not, are no bad thing, but means they're listening. Yeah. But still, it wasn't quite right for them. So yeah, I do a lot of work around just building self-esteem, helping them to kind of find their, well, getting them on their way to finding yeah. their place in the world because you don't always necessarily find your place in the world when you're 16, but you're kind of set on that path. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that I find super hopeful about your work is that, <laughs> You're getting them in so young, right? To be able to equip these kids with just some really good, like practical tools to be Mm. able to support themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as well, like, so relationships come up a lot and exam pressure comes up a lot. I'm curious to know about family relationships as well. Mm. I Mm. imagine that's something that is really important for kids because they're in at that developmental stage of teenage world, it's like 
we're doing that very natural sort of slight separation where mum and dad stop being, you know, the knowers of all things. And we start to almost like doubt their authority. We're getting our influence from our peers usually. I'm just curious to know if you see that coming up as well, if that is those family dynamics seem to seem to come into your sessions with people. For sure. And obviously the way my my kind of business model works, way it sort of um, operates is that parents get in touch with me to work with their teenager or teenager. And I always have to make it very clear that my client is the young person, you know, yeah. that that to the parent. And the parent comes with me, comes to me because they notice that things aren't quite right. Part of that is sometimes she, she or he won't talk to me, you know, and I we used to have this really good relationship and things just feel really different and I'm worried that she's keeping things from me and and so it does come up in our conversations and what is really nice about what I really love about the coaching is that um, so many parents have said to me like they feel at that stage they're constantly nagging and constantly asking and when they know they have somebody that they trust that their son or daughter is going to each week to offload a lot of that stuff, it actually does release release some pressure off the relationship because if that person is struggling with some friendship problems, for example, them coming home from school each day to their parents saying, so how was it today? Who did you sit with at lunch? Or were they mean to you today? That's just bringing it all up again every single day. So they, they know that I will be asking them those things. They'll come to me with that stuff and they can have, they can change the record. And I think sometimes the young people, their parents constantly ask them. It's a reminder of, yeah, my day was rubbish and things still still aren't right. So having just a, a container of space where they can just offload all that once a week, it can bring that, you know, we don't necessarily always talk about the relationship between the parent and the kid, but just having that container can help really have a positive impact on the relationship because the parent just knows that that side of things is just being taken care of and they don't have to they can talk to them about you know something else program they're yeah. watching or you know just something yeah. that just doesn't really isn't you know so heavy the work the mentoring work I do with parents obviously is about helping them to let go of some of that control that they're so used to having with their child when they're little and allowing them to safely give permission for their son or daughter to make mistakes to make their own decisions and allow them to fail, you know, safely. We're not talking about failing about everything, but, you know, you you pick the ones, you pick the times that you know that's going to be safe for them to fail. It could be something really simple, like always on at them at their homework, you know, getting to the homework. And you are checking that, you know, everything now. I know this because my son's just started year seven. All homework's recorded on different programs online and apps. And parents have access to all this information that they've got maths homework today that needs to be due in tomorrow so I can if I want to be that parent of right have you done your maths homework show it to me it's got to be in tomorrow and I think when they're starting at secondary school that's a good idea because you've got to help them got to teach them those organization skills but at some point they've got to be left to it and allowing them to not hand their maths homework in all time is a safe way of letting them fail because they'll soon learn that that's not going to be a pleasant experience because they might miss their break time or they might, you know, there'll be a consequence. 
So a lot of the work I do with the parents is is helping them to feel confident enough to allow them to fail in a safe way. And I think that can really help that tension that sometimes that often happens with parents and teenagers and parents constantly feeling like they're nagging. It's micromanaging, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, and, and I guess, you know, better to learn natural consequences mm-hmm. when the stakes are pretty low than yes. constantly being micromanaging your, your kids. And then they get out into the world and it's mm-hmm. like, well, no one told me that I had to do that by Monday. Yeah. yeah. And I, as a teacher, you know, the years I spent teaching, that's what we were doing in school. So they're being micromanaged at home and micromanaged at school because, you know, teachers are put under so much pressure to have the work in, to have deadlines met, to have them at particular grades that they should be getting and all that sort of thing. So when they go off to university or they go off into the world of work, they really struggle without yeah. somebody constantly tapping them on the shoulder. Have you done that? Have you done this? Yeah. You know, they're left on their own. And um, my cousin of mine actually is a lecturer at university. And she said it's, it's, she's really sees that with the students that she gets on her studying her course is that mm. they really struggle with independent work and or managing their time and that's basic life skills There's, mm. and ways that, we kind of are resilient I suppose isn't it as well like teaching them resilience Mm. huge part of resilience is being able to bounce back from adversity from failure or from when things don't go the way you imagined Mm -hmm. and if you don't learn that until you're basically you know to all intents and purposes an adult Mm. can be a real shock to the system and it feels much bigger than it actually is whereas if you've had the perspective of oh yeah no I I totally get when I don't hand in my homework, bad stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. And as a parent, like say just just allowing that to happen because when you're micromanaging them in that way, I always like ask parents I work with, like, who are you doing that for? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of the time, and that's work I love, you know, loved exploring in your course was like, what are we making this mean? And where does this come from? And a lot of us have our own fear of authority and getting things right. And we somehow think if our kid doesn't hand their maths homework in on time, that means we're the crap parent, you know, that we haven't helped them. We've let them down. We failed them. What's that? Well, no, you know, this is one of the good things about going to school is they get to learn all this stuff in a safe space that it won't mean they're going to lose their job. You know, it's not, it doesn't have as serious consequences. And often it can be because we have some unresolved stuff going on about Mm -hmm. our time at school or our feelings. I still have real issues with authority. I mean, I remember when I was teaching, if um, like a head of department or head of year or my head teacher sent me an email saying, you know, can I have a quick check? I immediately thought I'd done something wrong. And I was quite a good kid at school. This wasn't because I wasn't, it wasn't bringing up any memories like that, but it, it was this kind of fear of getting stuff wrong and what's that going to mean? And yeah. we have to allow them to, to just fail on that. And sometimes that means as well, allowing them to fail safely, but also just removing our, you know, they aren't mini versions of us. They're not us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to do the same things as we've done. And thank goodness for that. It's so so interesting, isn't it? Because I think there's almost like a potential alternative curriculum that needs to be taught. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. That that really challenges just all these total assumptions that we've made 
that actually don't really serve anybody. But we've, mm. we're almost kind of unconsciously going along with it without really questioning it. You know, one of my favourite teachers was my history teacher at high school, Mrs Broadfoot or Ms Broadfoot. She always said, look, you know, just do what you can to revise, but I don't want you peaking in high school. Like she was really like just so down to earth about it. She's like, there's plenty of time. You don't need to peak here. Yeah. It freed so many of us up to just play. Yeah. And that's the thing is that people's intelligence develops at different ages. And there is such a thing as being reading ready, for example. And, you know, we assume that's at the age of four when they start school and they start phonic, you know, doing all their phonics and learning how to read and write in the education system here in the UK. But it's not the same for every child and every child, every person's intelligence peaks and changes at different different stages in their life. And yeah, we do make assumptions. We make assumptions about the pressure, you know, that kids need to be, we assume that they're going to be lazy. We assume that they're not going to be doing the work. So we pile on the pressure, you know, when they're in year 11, which is the GCSE year or in year 13, which is the A-level year, that we have to keep going on and on and on about how exams are the be all and end all. And some kids really respond well to that because that's their way of yeah. learning and they need that kick up the bum. Yeah. But other kids, they, they, they feel crushed under the weight of that pressure. And it's often those kids that I work with and it does need to be changed for sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I don't imagine many teenagers listen to this podcast. Although, <laughs> no, if, no. If, you, if you are, you know, massive <laughs> shout out. And, uh, and, you know, that's awesome. But there will be parents listening in. And I'm curious to know, like, what, advice would you give to parents what do you think that would really help parents to just prepare for these teenage years which from what I understand is a world away from those kind of early younger age Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. experiences yeah I think that the trusting yourself that you've got this (laughs) is a great piece of advice and trusting them assuming that they're going to make some good decisions and knowing that they're going to make some pretty awful ones too but giving them that reassurance that you love them unconditionally it doesn't mean to say that they can't that they you know can't be responsible for the things that they do they mess up but that that love is unconditional no, no matter what they do that you're going to be there for them allowing them to fail safely I also say that not always trying to fix things you know if yeah. your team there's hormones, there's all sorts of things that are going to make them sometimes tell you they've had, it's the worst thing ever that's happened. And you know, because you're older and wiser and have a lot more life experience, this isn't the worst thing that's going to happen to them. But just being, you know, do you need me to, you know, fix this or do you just need me to listen? Because sometimes they don't want you to fix, they don't want you to start telling them, well, I think you should do this and you should go off and have a conversation with this person. And actually just saying, do you need me to help you with this or do you just want me to listen? It's just a really good strategy, particularly for kids who are very anxious and are always seem to always be stressed about something or always feeling really intense emotions about something. And the other thing I would say is that nothing lasts forever. Yeah. So those big, you know, when you feel like you're really in the trenches with it, it that won't last you know, nothing lasts forever. No good feelings or bad feelings last forever. No good times or bad times last forever. And I think that can be reassuring. And for me personally, what's always really helped is just talking to my friends. So I've got a core group of 
friends that um, I grew up with that we've all kind of gradually moved back to the town that we came from. And some of them have kids who are older than mine and some of them have the kids who are younger than mine. And it's I always find like their support and their wisdom hugely helpful. So, you know, if my eldest son's going through some stuff, I can chat to one of my friends who's got a son a few years ahead of, of them and they can be like, yeah, we went through this and it was fine. And this is how we approached it. And I think other mums and pet dads have so much wisdom as well and I think sometimes you can lose that sense of community in primary primary school it's really there because you see each other at the gates all the time and um and you go on play dates and all that sort of thing and at secondary you can feel you know like uh, that connection's being lost so try and keep yeah. those those friendships going as, as long as you can because I think they can be a real um support network and the the other thing I would say is just look at your own stuff <laughs> look at your yeah. own stuff Look at where you're projecting. Look at what was what life was like for you as a teenager. How are you projecting some of that stuff onto your teenager? And, you know, perhaps you need to do a bit of self-coaching or, or seeking some other sort of support to help you. But it can be such a triggering time for parents because we don't really remember being babies. We don't remember being toddlers. We absolutely remember being 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We do remember those years. And not many of us had a great time. Well, exactly. And I think there is like this very known phenomenon that when our kids reach the age that we were, when big issues occurred, maybe trauma happened or just really difficult experiences happened, we'll often feel that very acutely. Like a lot Mm. of those experiences will get kind of stirred up for us. Like projections, totally natural. Absolutely. It's kind of inevitable. And because Mm. we're also entangled with our with our kids, right? We're Mm. we're entangled with them and we care about them so much that it, it is there's nothing's gone wrong but I, I love that advice like you know just look at your own stuff <laughs> yeah. does, you, does this belong to you or does it belong yeah. to them yeah it's a great just reflection yeah I think so too and can just be so freeing yeah you realize oh no this is this is my teenage issue this, yeah. this isn't theirs thank god it's not theirs it's mine yeah it doesn't have yeah. to be theirs and so that can be a really liberating thing to do Maria I know you're working on a journal for teens yes. tell us about that where did where did this idea come from what's it all about well I hope it's so nearly ready it should be by the time this comes out it should be in the world which is very exciting so for a long time with the young people I worked with I wrote them bespoke journal prompts at the end of every session and I'd email them out and the idea was that they would journal as much as they could on the kind of key topics that came up in our conversation that week so I didn't want the each session to just be like a standalone you know block of time and then they just don't think about anything and think about that in between I wanted them to keep it keep it going and over time I just had this bank of journal prompts for kind of all the main issues that that young people have to navigate business-wise I just want to find different ways of working with me you know working yeah. with me on a one-to-one basis working with me you know on a group basis and also just something else to offer at a lower price point and a way of getting to know me before perhaps you make an investment to work to work one-to-one and I also just 
you know, really believe in the power of journaling as well as yeah. a way of self-coaching. Lots of young people do like to. In fact, when we think of writing a diary, we think of those teenagers, yeah. don't we? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And um, what I really love about it, so I, I, I have invested in working with a graphic designer who's worked with some pretty exciting brands such as Vans, you know, that, that are really appeal oh. to young people. And we've gone down that quite nostalgic 90s, sort of vibe with the graphics and the illustrations and everything else and um she's totally on board and loves all that sort of stuff too so it's been a real joy to work with her yeah so it should be out I say when the podcast comes out it should be out into the world but the idea is is that it's 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 a downloadable pdf and it's a guided journaling so I love the kind of free journaling of where you just sort of write down what you're thinking and feeling that day but sometimes and research has shown actually that when we have specific prompts it's a really effect, much more effective way yeah. of digging out some of the stuff that's really going on underneath the surface. And that's what these prompts are designed to do. So you could, your teenager could be struggling with exam stress. And there's a whole chapter on what you can do to self-coach your way through an, a, a really intense exam period. And there'll be stuff of reflection kind of questions, but there'll also be some practical things that you can do as well. So yeah, it's like a one-stop shop for all kind of all the stuff that teenagers have to navigate in this world. (laughs) So yeah, I'm really excited about it coming out. It's so fun. A great thing to offer to the teens in your life just before Christmas too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. (laughs) So we'll include the links to that in the show notes. So everyone should just go check that out and buy it for a teenager in their lives. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 So fun. Maria, it's such a pleasure to to chat with you and to just Mm. see how you're, you know, translating this work for a teen audience. I'm so excited to see where this goes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, if you're listening to Courage and Spice and you like what you hear, would you mind doing me a favor and opening up the podcast in the iTunes podcast app? Just click on the icon for Courage and Spice and scroll down to ratings and reviews to share your support. This will help other people find the podcast and you'll absolutely make my day. I still am blown away that over a hundred people have left five-star reviews for this little podcast that's all about self-doubt. Who knew this was such an interesting topic? Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you.